2: Okay, welcome to Man Baggage with me, Russell Kane, and this is part two of a discussion about optimism and inevitably pessimism, the superior way of thinking, because it will rain, you might as well carry an umbrella, and I'm joined by Amy Hart and James Haskell. So it's interesting what Amy flags up there, James, the possibility of optimism leaving you vulnerable sometimes and making you dangerous, because without going as far as pessimism, I think it's time to introduce a new term here, realist. That's what I call myself. Yeah. So let's give you a really pure example. If it's a day like today, perfectly sunny where I am, I am going out later. I'm not, no more than 10 minutes walking. Will there be an umbrella in my bag? Yes. Why? In case it rains. I'm not saying it will rain. I'm not saying the day's going to be spoiled because of rain. But for the little few grams of carrying an umbrella, I'm taking Lindsay will not take an umbrella. And I quote, because you'll make it rain. Like she's some sort of fucking land <laughs> land wizard or something. <laughs> like oh. I said, I was going to drop her off in some famine-stricken part of Africa and have a magic stick sort the situation <laughs> out. But what I mean is, in between the pessimism, oh it's going to rain, and me ruining everyone's day by being miserable, is me carrying an umbrella like a real. I'm less vulnerable. To getting wet, to falling in love, to having my heart broken, to steaming in on a tackle when I'm not fit on a rugby pitch.
1: But I think there's two things. I think for, for me, the realism thing I think comes down to I think like the process-driven behaviors, and what I mean by process-driven behaviors is that, for example, I mean, if you you know you want something so hard, and you're sort of trying to manifest it. You know, that's very often like predicting the rain stuff. I I think it can sometimes get you wrong because you put expectation on it. But if you looked at the process, and when actually, am I a good person? Am I attractive? Am I nice to be around? Am I fun? Have I looked after myself? Am I looking after my body? Am I the best version of myself? And you're taking care of your stuff, then by by proxy, more often than not, you will get your outcome. If you go out there and you're worried about everything else. So like Russ said, packing an umbrella is is fine. I never looked at weather forecast. I've never planned ahead in that regard. But I know that, for example, if I wanted to go out on a night out, I want to go on a date. Yes, you have those insecurities. And I've always had really bad insecurity around my uh, uh, my ability and my performance and self-confidence about lots of things, even though I'm a big fucking gobshite most of the time I would say more often than not I I, the processes of like if I went onto a date I'd be like look I'm, I'm a good person I've you know I've washed my armpits I've washed my bits I've brushed my teeth but I'd offer to buy dinner I've done everything I keep my side of the street clean and I think that's what a lot of people miss is they put everything on everybody else and they go oh I wanted love and I want to do this it's like you can only control what you're controlling your side of the fence and I think it's important to be realistic and, and sort of excited but also without being kind of like too much and, and everyone else and, and I think you've got to have value as well I think where people go wrong and negativity comes in is, so or what happens if they don't like me what happens if I I go to that place and it rains and stuff well, what happens if it doesn't fucking rain what was if it's the best night you've ever had yeah. so carried,
2: carried an umbrella for no reason yeah, we, but, but that's what, yeah
1: that's what I mean no no but what I mean is but if, but if that brings you comfort and you go and you're one of these people who go right I'm prepared. I've got my umbrella, I've got my shorts, I've got my something cream, I've hat. Without bringing a suitcase of spare equipment, yeah. you're ordinarily going to be okay, I think. And that's sort of the best way to live life, I think.
3: Yeah, I did a lot of CBT after Love Island and I found it so fascinating because uh, I'm very nosy. I did that. I smoked it. i yeah. CBT, <laughs> I'm CBT, that, that. not CBT. <laughs> um, but I was, like, nosy about myself and why my brain works the way it does. And mm. it turns out that I've lived my life thinking that I'm, like, Ugly, a failure, not good enough, and unlikable. And the unlikable one what? um was very like I Wait a minute,
2: always... roll back. How did what was it like? I'm going there going, Gee, I've probably got a few little niggles I need ironed out. Maybe uh maybe I should laugh more. Um <laughs> oh, well, your the verdict is you think you're ugly and a failure. Great. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, laughs> I've got another hundred sessions, please. <laughs> what was that like wasn't that was that not brutal but I was
3: really like interested and nosy about myself so I was like oh my god because then you do your behaviours based on the rules that you live your life by and I was like so that's why I do that but
2: did you not find it difficult finding that out did you not find that traumatic coming to that realisation uh, yeah.
3: Bit, but um, it was it was only because obviously I didn't realise that was it, and then everything happened on Love Island, and it's like obviously magnified. But um, with with the likable one, the way that she sort of got me out of it was she said, right, "Okay, how unlikable do you think you are?" And I was like, "Okay, seventy five percent, I reckon." She said, like, "So you think you're twenty five percent likable?" Okay, she, she gave me she said, "Right, pick two people, someone you know that's likable, someone you know that's unlikable." We listed the qualities they had, and then she went through them with me, like, "Are you this? Are you this? Are you this? Are you?" And I was like all of the likable ones so do you still think you're 25% and I was like okay put me at 75% now brilliant and then we went through the unlikable ones and there was two that I did have I was like yeah no I can't do that um yeah. and she was I like I love banking
2: in Asda that'd yeah. be my one I just can't stop <laughs> So um,
3: she was like so do do you think those two things are worth 25% and I was like no so maybe 95% She was like and 5% of people are never going to like you not everyone's always going to like you and then my whole life changed. And so I used to like, be so worried. If my friends were like, oh, I can't do lunch tomorrow now, I'd be like, oh, it's because they don't like me. Whereas now I'm like, look, if you want to be my friend, like I know I'm a good person. If you want to be my friend, that's fine. And if you don't, then you don't. And that's fine too.
2: What a brilliant tool that everyone can use. Uh, straight away after listening to this, I immediately started doing mine. I had Hitler and Timmy Mallet. Yeah. But it didn't work out for me. I was 80% um, Hitler.
1: I was about to say, even Hitler was 25% likable with some people. Yeah. Like, I say, actually,
2: 70% of the electorate
1: voted for him in 1936. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. What I mean. He, so Amy's got Amy's literally Lucking liking up. herself to Harold Shipman. It's like I, me, Harold, and it's like I think you might have misjudged yourself, Amy.
2: Really good at prescriptions. Yeah. <laughs> even
1: listen, even the elderly liked him until they took the gas and killed him. Do you know what I mean? Like, you really misjudged but yourself. Even liked like him at you. the end. A bit too much. I like you. We've already just we've only just spoken on here. And I don't like anybody, so that's <laughs> fine. You're all you're way more than 25% percent likable. You're absolutely Thank I'd you. Say, I'd say at least 85% likable. 90 probably. Thank you.
2: There's so many practical even someone listening today who's a bit on the floor and not feeling great. There's already about 10 practical things you could probably do this afternoon with a pen and a connection to the internet. Um so according to the insider. There are four reasons why optimism can be bad. We touched on this with Amy falling in love because she set herself up to find love. Number one, being too optimistic can lead to impracticality and overconfidence. I'll write about that in my fifth book when I come to write it. Number two, if you don't think about what could go wrong, you won't be able to prevent it from happening. Put an umbrella in the bag, twats. Number three... (laughs) Mental strength stems from a good balance of realism and optimism. I think we're sort of broadly agreeing on that. And four, developing comfort with the truth will help you build mental muscle. In other words, I can go onto that rugby pitch onto Love Island full of confidence, but I must have that muscle ready for a loss, ready for that broken leg, ready for, you know, pulling a muscle when I step on the switch, ready for the mic not working. when I, That kills a comedy gig. Doesn't matter who you are, if your mic blows when you go on, the audience irrationally lose confidence in you. There's nothing you can do
1: about it. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think as well, that kind of realism and stuff is vitally important for, um, for exactly what you said, to have a little bit of fear. Like, fear is a good thing. I think, you know, in, in, in modern society now, nervousness is now anxiousness. I'm, yes. I've got anxiety. No, you don't. If nervous. We if all get nervous. Yeah, yeah, we've got yep. nervous. It's a good human emotion. We are trying to label every. Emotion. I'm nervous. I've got butterflies. I'm scared of doing that. You know that you need those emotions. You can't eradicate yep. them. And people are now labeling them. And I think half these things are so important to us as humans and make us better. And I think you've got to, we've got to stop being scared of going through nervous stage fright. Anxiety, yep. you know, like you know, it, it, anxiety is like a proper, proper condition. Just going, mm. oh, I'm a bit nervous about meeting my friend's family, and I, I don't want them they don't like me. We're, we all go through that. Like, what, what, what was it if I go off on stage and I tell the first joke and I and I bomb, and everyone hates me, or the mm. mic doesn't work? It's like. Royal Variety Show. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Uh, it's the same as well. I mean, I literally don't have anyone left in my group now who doesn't have ADHD. I mean, it's, it's everyone. And the amount of people that tell me I've got it every day, my cat's got it, my dog's got it. ADHD, again, like crippling, really, really bad condition. But not, I don't think everyone can have it because then it doesn't exist
1: anymore. I will say one thing, right, one thing that is really important that kind of what you've sort of talked about is self-awareness. Mm. And, uh, you know, what's important, like you said, a combination of realism and optimism and also sort of some self-reflection. The most important, I think, in life, in my view, is that you can always look to improve and try to get better and be a better version of yourself and always be open-minded. How many people do you know who honestly think that if you actually sat them down and said, by the way, so for Amy, you believed you were something yeah. and that was a false concept you had in your head for whatever reason, you know, something might happen to your just child yeah. or whatever. We, we never know what half this stuff happens sometimes. You have those things and, you, and someone sat you down and tried to tell you, you wouldn't necessarily agree with them. But how many do, people do you know the other side of the fence who have absolutely no self-awareness? And they go, I'm brilliant. I'm so good. You're like, you're late. You're incompetent. You're an arsehole. You've got bad breath. You're shit house. Nobody likes you. <laughs> if you told them that, they'd be like... God, you're just... That James Haskell was so mean. You'd like... Maybe Prime Minister, and in fact they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, things. Donald Trump, for example, great... Right, talk about... Donald Trump doesn't know he's a narcissistic dickhead. He just thinks that he's always right and everybody else is wrong. But I think if you want to be better, if you want to sort of, like said, live in that optimism realism, you just have to have that ability to, to be self-aware, but look to improve. But also get feedback from people that you actually value so for example in the world of social media we go and go you're a dickhead you why would you ever listen to them if your close friends are saying to you listen you probably want to tone it down a bit you're probably just a bit off key at the moment then you have the self-awareness to go do you know what i'm going to take a minute it's probably hurt me a little bit i'm just going to have a minute away from you look at yourself in the mirror and go i think this i am probably doing a little bit too much at the moment that's really important and then you have that nice balance it's the ones that either can't hear it listen to the wrong feedback from people that, don't, that doesn't matter or they just don't have the self-awareness and can p- perpetually going, how many people do you know? God? I just yeah. can't find love. Because like, you keep doing the same thing every time with the same people. What do you expect was going to happen? Well, it's everybody else's fault. No, no, it's your fault.
3: Yeah.
1: That's how Lindsay and I met because
2: she, she made a list of what she normally goes for in a man. And she said, right, I've been single now for three months and recovered from the last asshole that let me down, cheating, psychotic Ted Bundy twat. Um, which most women seem to be attracted to till they're about 30, which I can't get my fucking head around. But anyway, she wrote a list down of what she normally went for. And then a list of stuff she would never choose. Is he gay? Is he five foot ten? That type of thing. The type of list I'm on. Can he complete a sentence? Something very sexually unattractive to women, it turns out, Till I was about 25. You're better all sort of grunting and punching a hole through the utility room wall while you get arrested for cocaine possession. Oh, my God, I can't stop flicking my bean thinking about him. So uh, Lindsay made a list of all of the things that were opposite. And she went, just for one date, I'm going to do everything different. So she broke all her rules. Some of them I was quite glad she broke on, on the first date. And, uh, <laughs> and we ended up getting together <laughs> once I cleaned her up. So it was uh, <laughs> it is a really good idea to now and again look at what you've been doing and go, There's nothing. it might not be the case that you should do everything opposite. But if you create a checklist of 10 things you're doing in work, in love, whatever, and they're all leading to negative results, as long as everything is legal and you're in a safe place, just maybe have a night where you do the opposite. You might surprise yourself. I read a book recently, uh, which is all about trying to get in touch with your inner child and play called Wild Things, written by a primary school teacher. And he's got some really basic things you can do in there. You wouldn't even think you feel totally stupid doing them. So one is a walk that you do all the time. Turn down somewhere you've never turned down before, even if it's a a close or a cul-de-sac, you know, just just walk down it. See what happens. I felt so stupid. And I turned down this road and there was an alleyway that looked like some sort of junky alleyway under a a road bridge. I went down that and it came out into this beautiful field with a stream coming through it with a footpath. Ten minutes from my house, after three years of me moaning about no footpaths, I was there with Minna at the weekend, my daughter. That is a perfectly physical example of why it's worth doing things you don't normally do as long as they're safe now and again. Have you ever done anything like that, Amy? Have you ever thought, fuck it, throw the rules in the bin?
3: Um... I don't know really. I'm probably um, like thinking positively because I don't know how to explain this. So I used to do pageants. And I saw so many people who would put everything, like a year's work into like a boxer being like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. But obviously a boxer, you've got a 50% chance of winning. In a pageant, you've got a one in a hundred chance of winning. And then I'd see oh, them like the sorry. fall when they play second or place third.
2: They're the girls I would have definitely dated. Did you come second? Can I get you a drink now, innit? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Um, I, You're the people's winner. Um,
2: I, um, <laughs> Your self-esteem looks dangerously low. I'm five foot ten. Pizza?
3: But, so I, I used to just be like, I'm going there for fun. So I'd always sort of place in the top ten type thing. And then with one, I went to America. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to all the way to America to compete. So I need to take supper gear. So I did what those other girls did. And then I won it. So, like doing that and actually not just like sort of coasting through life and putting everything into it actually worked. But what the thing is, had I come second, that's six months of my life of not going out, of yeah. not drinking, and was it was it all worth it in the end? Really, I don't know.
2: So we've we don't know done about what's dangerous about optimism, why it can be impractical, and how to sort of modify it and uh, pepper it with realism. But there is this massive fact. We already know this about a lot of aspects of human existence, but as far as we can test it and tune out the variables, optimistic people seem to remain healthier and they do outlive pessimists. They have better cardiovascular health, even after risk factors are controlled for, so weight and class and all of that. They have a stronger immune function. So if there's a cold flying around and you're loving life and tell yourself you won't get the cold, it seems to have... An effect they think this is how vitamin c supplementation works because the study came out with if you take massive dose of vitamin c when you have a tickly throat you won't get the cold and everyone who does this doesn't get the cold including me but there's no evidence that it interacts with your body at all so there's a literal effect of this on your immune function lower levels of stress and pain so ice if you do the hand in ice challenge where how long can you take it optimists can take it for a lot longer than pessimists and we think of optimists about uh, being not as tough really Healthy people who are optimistic report feeling better than equally healthy people who are pessimistic, and they live longer. How about that? Isn't it worth being a bit vulnerable and being too optimistic leading to impracticality and overconfidence if I get 10
1: years in the nursing home banging all the single, crusty (laughs) gilliam? But I think, think, you know, they took me the song, you know, you're looking on the bright side of life. You know, old Monty Python. It's not... I think also what, what as, as sort of humans, what uh, stuff we interact with. So for example, if you went on the Daily Mail online, for example, there were seven contradictory articles on the front page telling you we're all going to die, we're not going to die, foreigners are trying to kill us. That level of stress will affect what you're thinking. You go on social media, you're ugly, you're shit, you're great, you're amazing, you're shit. All the kind of things that we're being thrown at us can very much throw off your equilibrium. And I think, you know, i genuinely believe on the bright side of life is important but you get that from kind of appreciating some of the simple things like a lot of times especially men we're wedded to materialistic things Got to have a ferrari got to have a fucking rolex gonna do this gonna do that and actually sometimes what what you actually value in life is the emotions you either feel or share with other people and when you have those moments like i keep walking outside in the sun can't stop smiling Can't start smiling, loving it, you know, music on, sun's out, you know, go for, I mean, I'm not, you know, an overly romantic sort of, like you said, mindful, noncy person, but you know, trees, nature, it's kind of just really nice, just a simple stopping in a pub and going for a beer that we couldn't do for a whole year and just appreciating life. That's some of those emotions are some of the best you can have. And I think that will help you live longer by just appreciating what you have, trying to be. Um, grounded, not worrying about what you don't have and what other people have got and, and also what you are hit with because I would just stay out of the media. Like, There's nothing to be gained. My parents always shout at me, you don't watch the 10 o'clock news. It's like, mum, I go on three different news apps and I know exactly what's going on and honestly it doesn't seem to be overly affecting me at the moment and if I listen to it, I rate I rate, what do you mean we're still doing this? What do you mean we're going to go back into lockdown? What do you mean this has happened? That enough will affect you and I just think that's some, some good sort of guidance just to try to avoid the the things that you're hit with and bombarded with.
2: Fantastic. Amy, I'm going to ask you something now, which I know we have a sort of wide range of ages listening to this, but it is I get a lot of messages from younger blokes who get a a worrying amount from the shit that comes out of my mouth. And we need to face up to this. I just hinted on it there, and I was trying to be funny, but it's a fact. Optimism is not sexy to women aged 18 to about 28. I know that because when I was younger, the only guys that pulled were the miserable, horrible fuckers. And yeah, that's good. Oh, fucking shit. You know what I mean, I probably will treat it like shit. Oh, my God. That's, that's such a turn on. And, you know, you'd be like, hey, I might even be 24, but, you know, I think we can have a really great relationship. I'm sure there are women out there looking for 24-year-old men like that. But I was once that 18-year-old, that 24-year-old man, and it was bloody hard to pull with a positive mindset. What the fuck is going on?
3: I don't know because I am in that like little group of people. I like a nice boy. I like a nice boy because I think because I've seen...
2: It's rare. It is rare. You'll know from your love island and all your mates, it's rare. Why is it rare? What's going on? Why can't we make optimism sexy? Does it need rebranding?
3: I think it needs rebranding. Um, I think as well, it's a very institutionalised thing, and I'm so glad that you do podcasts like this to sort of bring things like this down. But we expect men to be men. And, you know, like, so I did that awful The Magic where you got the manifestation. I gave up after eight days because I had a hangover, and you can't write a gratitude list um, when you're hungover because <laughs> um, you're grateful <laughs> for nothing. Um, Not quite. And... Um, like, if I probably, like, a couple of years ago, if I met a guy who was like, oh, God, yeah, I do the magic as well. Like, I get up every morning and write a gratitude list and I've got my manifestation rock with me and, like, getting... One of the things you have to do is carry a utility bill around with you and you have to get it out at three different times of the day and be like, thank you, universe, for giving me the money to pay my bills. Like, if <laughs> if you met a guy who did that, you'd be like, I remember, <laughs> I remember being away with work once. Like, this is probably, like, obviously now everyone's vegetarian, but... We were round this dinner table, and the pilot next to me said, oh, have you got the vegetarian menu, please? And me pissed. I was like, I've never met a straight man vegetarian before. So... And he was like, what? And I was like, you actually care about the world? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, OK, interesting. But now, obviously, I've met loads.
2: Did he hit you with his manifestation rock? Right <laughs> yeah. after, <or> <laughs>
3: after that? But I think, yeah, I think Optimism does need to be rebranded into a man's thing, you know, because it's all very good. It's all very, like, crystals and stuff. Like, I was never a big believer in all the crystals, but all my friends are. I remember um, the night it all kicked off in Love Island, Amber went and got her Master Healer crystal, and she walked past me and she went, Do you know what, you need this more than me. And I was like,
2: cool, thanks. (laughs) This really is the wanky end of optimism, isn't it, James? I mean, this is the bit of optimism we could do without.
1: Honest to God, right? I'm open-minded, like, try this, but there is a certain limit. Like, if I sat down on a date and someone started talking about that, I'd just be like, sorry, what do you mean you've got a rock and a bill in your pocket? What do you mean you're drawing a list? Like, I'm very happy that you're happy. Like, everyone should be grateful. What do you mean you've got a little list? You've read The Secret, haven't you? You're like, yeah, I have, yeah. Do you draw a picture of a boat every day? (laughs) Has the universe delivered a boat? No, no, it hasn't. And you're going to put your healing crystal on it. I'll tell you what, there's a time (laughs) and a place for healing crystals, never and in the bin. That is the fucking (laughs) time.
2: Last point, because I know we're out of time. Do you think it could simply be the case, James Haskell, that we trust pessimists more? Could that be the issue with why guys, at least before when women are maybe younger and haven't (laughs) wised up to what the world's like as much, certainly younger women, 18, 19, 20, which a lot of guys in their early 20s, they're the women they're trying to pull. If a pessimist goes, look, I ain't going to amount to much, but I'm fucking loving life. Do you know what I mean? I'm probably going to break you up. I will try and shag your sister. But babes, you know what I mean? I'm fucking dynamite in the sack. You know he's telling the truth.
1: Yes, yes. Or it's a ploy. Because because I think what you're trying to do is... There's, there's well, two, it would be if I said it. Not really. Can we go to cinema and talk about our feelings? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. There's two, there's two, <laughs> there's two angles here. There's like the self kind of optimism and pessimism talking about, and then we're talking about in relation to relationships. Mate, the reason they've all become jaded is because the girl's gone when she's younger and she's optimistic. She's gone, do you really love me? I'll only sleep with you if you say you love me. The guy's like, I... I love you. And then yeah. he, as soon as he comes, he's coming, like, I don't love you anymore. And they're like, yeah. what do you mean? You said you love me. And then later on in life, he goes, fuck, I've tried that one. Fucking hell. I'm, you know, I'm not a mountain to much. I'm a bit of a geezer. I'll probably shag it. And, and she goes, God, you're so honest. And then he still doesn't call her. So that, that the manipulation thing around that, that's a tool. I think you only understand someone through spending a lot of time. And that's why I'm always very sceptical of these people who meet for, for two weeks and they get married at the end of it. You only know someone when you've been through a loss- a job loss, a bereavement.
2: But James, to be fair, it depends how long your visa lasts in Thailand. Yeah, like my
1: uncles, <laughs> yeah. They, had, yeah. they had to come back. They had to come <laughs> back. Oh, that's what the police said. But then I think,
3: <laughs> personally,
1: you know, trusting, you know, pessimists. No, I, I think. Being grounded and probably more realistic and a bit more safe with money and, and being more sensible, I think an optimistic person, a pessimistic person, work quite well together if they yeah. can gel because one will keep you grounded. In a relationship, it's mostly a tool. I reckon you don't know someone as I said until you've gone through a bereavement, a loss together, a first difficult argument, your first holiday, your first moving. There are so many steps, and after about two years, you probably actually know someone. And most of it's a ploy just to get your dick wet or other bits. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Amy I won't ask you the same question um, but what I will ask you is this do you think relationships work better where one is like your parents relationship slightly more optimistic than the other or do you think the dream killer pairing where you couldn't be stuck with you both sort of got that balance because now thinking about it if I think of most relationships I know and I've had we tend to fall into opposite roles that way you've got everything covered I've got the umbrella, we can both crouch underneath it if you want to be a end.
3: Yeah, I think that is the best mix, like for example a really quick example, like mum and dad started their own business and my dad would have been like, right, let's get this many cars and let's get this many offices and da 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 and mum's going, we've got two children, as long as we've got like six months mortgage in the bank um, and I'll still work at my job, my dad's like no, you, don't need, you come and just work for me, we'll, we'll do this together, mum's like, no, no, I will still keep my evening job for the first six months, just so we see how it goes because if this all goes wrong, we will need money to pay the bills type thing. And like 17 years later, it's a very successful business still. So that was like the best thing to do. But had my dad have just done it on his own, like you don't know what would have happened because he probably would have done too much too soon without my mum going, ah let's just bring down a little bit. <laughs> Well,
2: I'll tell you what was optimistic, thinking I could get this subject licked in the time I allowed. So thank you very much. We are out of time. Thank you so much to Amy Hart and James Haskell for helping me pick through optimism. We're going to wrap up now because I've got lots to do. Some of it's bound to go wrong and I want to build in some time to clean up that mess when it does. Oh, it's fucking raining. See you next time. Bye.